0: Welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'll be talking to Joe and Megan Tucker about homeschooling and foster care. You'll be encouraged as they share their story and their heart to show Christ's love to those who so desperately need to see it. This is really a great follow up to hospitable homeschooling, which we talked about last week. For God can use your willingness to open your home this way in such incredible ways. I guarantee you'll be encouraged as the Lord opens your eyes to the needs of others and how you can be part of meeting those needs and pointing them to Jesus. So let's dive right into our conversation with Joe and Megan. welcome back. This weekend, we are going to be looking at another giant that I think a lot of us have probably considered and prayed about, but I'm not sure that enough of us have gotten over the hump of fear. So we're going to be talking to Joe and Megan Tucker, who are foster parents, and I'm going to just let them introduce themselves to you here for a second, and then we're going to talk to them about their experience as foster parents and how that has affected their family life, their parenting, their homeschool, and I'm sure even more fingers that they see from this. So Joe and Megan, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's our pleasure. Thanks for having us.
0: You're very welcome. Can you give us just a little bit of insight into your family? You know, where are y'all from? How many children you have? How long have you homeschooled? That would be very interesting in this.
2: Yeah. I am Megan Tucker and we live in the Nashville area. Um, we have three boys, sixth grade, third grade, and kindergarten. And we've been homeschooling
1: for seven years now, six
2: or seven years. Yeah. yeah. And, um, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I'm Joe. And, uh, I also live in the Nashville (laughs) area.
2: (laughs) It's so nice to live together. That's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, uh, yeah, we, um, we, uh, been married since 2004 and, um, yeah, we uh, homeschooling has uh, been an incredible blessing to our family and um, and to our children.
0: How did the Lord first lay on your hearts or put in your minds uh, the idea of fostering, and then you know, kind of where did that that little spark of thought take you?
1: We like so many ways in my life. You know, you, you think that, uh, you know, your plan for things is one way. (laughs) And, uh, and then the Lord shows you otherwise. And that, that has been the case with us for, for foster care. We, we always thought that adoption was going to be part of our story and adoption has a big place in our family. Um, Meg's sister, uh, she and her husband have four biological children and then five children that they have either adopted or fostering themselves. And because our children have uh, have been around that, and we've been around that, we that's kind of the road that we thought we were going to go down. And um, we went through three or four different adoption scenarios through uh, agencies internationally, through private adoptions internationally.
2: Even replaced with children. We had a couple of placements and mm. just, yeah, the doors kept closing. Yeah, the Lord just yeah. kept
1: closing those doors and, and we were heartbroken. We, we didn't understand what was happening. And um, because our hearts were, were set on that, And then um, a movie actually acted (laughs) as a a catalyst. Um, There was a a Christian movie that came out a few years ago called The Dropbox. Our small group, um, we went to go see it together. We've hosted a small group in our home for a number of years and, and that was something we all decided we wanted to do. And if you haven't seen the movie, it's a story about a gentleman in Taiwan. Is that right? Yeah, Taiwan, who, I think that's right, Anyway, a gentleman who um, started a ministry where the mothers of unwanted children can, can literally drop the not, a, not actually drop them, but can drop them in a drop box at his home and know that they will be loved and taken care of. And that prompted something in us to say, why are we focusing on the needs of people in faraway places? Not that that isn't important. But There is the,
2: a need right under. Yeah, her there's her a, there are children she in our in our
1: community mm-hmm. that that need love and uh, and that need families that can provide stability and structure and and, uh, and all of those things that we take for granted. But there are people in our own community who are, uh, small children who are doing without that. So there's a ministry at our church. It started at our church. It's now its own organization that um, cares for the children of women who are incarcerated. And uh, we had some friends who were part of that ministry. In fact, our middle son's best friend uh, was a child who was uh, cared for um, uh, through that ministry. And um, and so uh, that's, that's where we wound up.
0: Having this conversation is actually affecting me more deeply than I thought. So I'm like over here choking back tears, hoping my voice doesn't crack, <laughs> because the needs are so great. And God has given us all so much. Now, I'm sure that even though you were familiar and already kind of hardwired towards adding to your family this through adoption or, or through another way like that. I would still think that, that looking at foster care, looking at, at caring for these children, there had to be some fears, some concerns, some things that you really had to talk about as a family. What what were some of those that you had to address and, and how, How did the Lord overcome them, and what have you seen of them now that you're actually walking this road?
2: Some fears of mine personally were, how do you have this baby in your home and then eventually have to give it back? And, you know, it could be here for three months. It could be here for—there's different placement times. Um, (laughs) Ours is a longer placement, we think, three or four years. How do we love this baby, but yet remember, okay, it's not our baby. We have to give it back to its mom you know, when she's better and doing well. Another fear was, oh, what's this going to do to our boys? How is this going to affect them? Is it going to be positive? Is it going to be negative? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. I don't know that it would be fair to say, mainly to the first thing that Meg mentioned, that we have got had some epiphany that resolves that. No. But rather, we feel like we are called to love Lily, the, the little girl. And we've had other children. We've had seven children in our home over the last two years. Lily's the longest term placement that we've had. But, but we are called to love Lily in spite of what it may cost us um, and the pain or, or whatever difficulty we run into. Now, it just so happens that whatever pain there has been has been exponentially outweighed by blessing. Definitely. But like like so many other things in life that the Lord calls us to, he doesn't answer all of our questions before he expects us to step out and take action. And, uh, and so that's what we are choosing to do. It's, but as far as our boys go, you know, and please chime in, chime in, of course, what we hope for our children is, is of course for them to leave our home loving the Lord Mm-hmm. and and for them to be able to take care of themselves and be self-sufficient uh, and have strong character. But, but I think right, right in that list, we hope that our children leave here understanding that a life centered around themselves is an incredibly shallow life. Mm-hmm. And that if all you ever do is what's comfortable right. and what you can pretty much guarantee is going to feel good
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you don't give a, of yourself to others, then you are missing out on the most incredible blessings of this life. Not just those that the Lord gives, but the blessing of relationships with other people.
0: Preach it. Yeah. Okay. So. It's, it's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> I, I wanted just a few more practical questions. How does participating in a fostering ministry, bringing children into your home. How does it affect how you parent your boys? How does it affect how you homeschool? Just kind of give us a look at practically, how has this affected your family?
1: I think that, I mean, you are, are, I'm gone most of the time during the days. And so she's the one in the trenches. Mm -hmm. So uh,
2: Um, this particular placement that we've had, I was just telling him, I said, I don't know if it has affected us any differently than it would a biological place or biological child. Um, she's the easiest baby we've ever had. She's much better baby than my own boys were. Um, it has been easy. Now, knock on wood, you know, whatever the next one is, that may be totally different. But this particular thing has been easy. It's been uh, relatively easy.
1: Right. I, think I think it's just a matter of how you approach things. I think yeah. uh, you, we had a placement early on with a, a little boy who um, was older. He was, uh, two, well, I say older, he's two, right. but was raised in an environment with no structure mm-hmm. who came to us with some pretty severe, beha- well, that's relative, but he had some behavioral issues. He was, uh, you know, calling Meg names. He was hitting our children the first week.
2: And I was going, we cannot do this.
1: We and, uh, but all he needed was structure and some discipline, Um, not in a negative way, but just like we all crave structure and discipline. And so I I think like so many other things in life, it's just a matter of how you approach it. If if you want it to be a problem, chances are it's going to be a problem or if that's what you're expecting. But if you're expecting good things, then usually things turn out okay. And um, so I think that's been... Now, don't get me wrong there are days when I'm at work and I get text messages from Meg Meg said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. You know, but that was true before we, uh, before we had Lily. (laughs) So I think that's just part of the reality, not only of being a family, you know, that has um, embraced homeschooling, but just part of parenting and we have frustrations. We have bad days. That's just part of the deal.
0: Right. And that's why God put you together so that you can lean on one another during those times. Well, I know that in another video that I saw that your church did, you talked about how your boys were, were really, really involved in, in how you ministered both to the moms and to the little ones. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Um, when, before we brought Lily home from the hospital, they did not want a girl. They did not want anything pink in the house. They did not want to have tea parties. And now they fight over who gets to hold her and who gets to give her a bottle and who gets to take her outside to go play. And um, they, you know, ask us all the time, when are we? When do we get to go see her mom? They get to go with us to prison to visit her mom. And it's really neat to see the interaction between this sweet woman and our kids, who we would have never had any connection here if it wasn't for this ministry. And um, I don't know, it's interesting to see them pray without us asking for them to pray for her. That every night before they go to bed, they pray for Miss Michelle. And I don't know, it's just really neat to see. Definitely kind of teaches you as a parent something. Right.
1: So. I mean, how so many times. Our children, and I know this is true, for every parent say and do these incredibly profound things yeah. that provide you with these moments of clarity. And we have had those over and over again where things, uh, we are frustrated or we've lost uh, focus and, and, uh, and they say something and it snaps us right back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has absolutely been the case Been the case here. Um, you know, taking our three young boys to prison on a Friday night. <laughs> <That's> uh, <interesting. laughs> it, it's, um, it, I think it has been incredibly beneficial for them to see, again, the people right here in our midst are living, you, you know, you see certainly very compelling and, uh, you know, stories and about things that are going on in other places. We have learned and it's given us a whole new empathy about, an entirely different culture that exists right here. People are experiencing a totally different reality. Mm -hmm. And for our children to be able to see that and see the the consequences of decisions, you know, we hope, we hope makes the, an impression, not just in terms of their own behavior, but in fact, that's secondary I think to developing a, a sense of empathy for people like, like Lily's mother who grew up in, Uh, in unmentionable circumstances it has certainly given us a new sense of empathy and and i think it has for them too
0: well yeah we have even found with uh some of the different ministries we've been involved in with some of the mission trips and such that we've been able to take that as you're able to broaden their horizons enlarge their borders make them aware of of needs outside themselves just like you talked about before we just as a people have got to start looking outside of ourselves more and this is an amazing way to do that. Real quick before we head out, how how would you encourage families to to kind of start moving if, if this has gripped someone's heart, like the Dropbox gripped yours, you know, start praying about it? What are some practical steps that may be a good kind of research path to go as they are praying about how the lord would have them proceed with this
1: i want to answer that question but i want to something you said that i think is really important and that is about living lives that are outside of ourselves you know i think the church is dropping the ball in a lot of ways when it comes to the needs of mothers who make the right decision mm-hmm. and bear their children you know, I, I, I think that a lot of people in the church, a lot of believers say that, and this may be a little controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's true. We say that we're pro-life, but what we really mean is that we're pro-birth and that the church, and especially I think men in the church, need to be willing to lead their families towards standing in the gap with, uh, for women who have made the right decision. Um, and we, and we need to stop talking and we need to start acting and, and, and acting doesn't just mean, uh, being politically involved or pro, it means it means pitching in, standing in the gap. Mm-hmm. And another thing I'll say is that these women, most of the time, these mothers have never had a healthy relationship with a man in their lives. They ask questions of the, of the, the, the women in these caregiver relationships when the husband isn't around.
2: You mean he doesn't hit you? You mean, oh, you mean he doesn't do bad things to your kids? That's all they know. And, and it's eye-opening for me going, ah, we got to do something here. We got to, yeah.
1: So, so there is, a, to me, this is a burden on my heart that, that men in the church need to lead and they need to, um, they need to as I said, I, I don't mean to be redundant, but, but we need to step up and stand <laughs> in the gap. And, and stop talking and start acting. Um, and I think that leads into what you were saying. Um, the ministry that we're a part of is, is called uh, Jonah's Journey. And um, I would venture to say that there are probably other ministries, maybe they don't do the exact same thing, but that, uh, yeah, there are Christian foster care um, agencies, I'm sure all over the country. I'm not as up to date on that as maybe I should be. But, you know, I would encourage you to... To talk to people in your church or other bodies um, who have a, a passion for orphan care and for foster care, and ask those folks to get you plugged in to ministries that are meeting this need in your community. Uh, the need or the ministry setups may be different, but the goal and uh, is the same. And um, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be my encouragement.
2: And if you're in the Nashville area, I'm going to give him a plug. John Estarni is in desperate need of caregivers if you're in the Nashville area or in Mississippi. Um,
1: either one. And I would also say that you don't have to go from, you know, zero to 100. We didn't start out asking for permanent placement. We weren't sure what this was going to look like or how. He how. was
2: more into the idea than I was at first. So like, why don't we get our feet wet and do respite care? Why don't we just try short term? Yeah.
1: And so that's what we did. We, we pitched in for a while with, with families who had permanent placements, who had, you know, family vacations they needed to go on where the children couldn't al- come along with them or, you know, just other extenuating circumstances, medical emergencies, those sorts of things we were, we pitched in on a short-term basis and then we realized, okay, this is great. (laughs) Yeah. This is, you know, we, we needed to, um, to settle into doing something longer term. So.
0: Wow. Well that, those are great, great tips and give us a lot to think about as, as you're talking through this whole thing, just Jude 22 has gone over and over in my mind. And of some having compassion, making a difference. And that's a passage that God has impressed on my heart for years. And I have, I've studied and gone through, you know, what's that compassion mean? And that's like a literal moving to where you can't stop it. You have to do something. And I hope and pray that by watching this video, that many of us will have to do something and that we will make a difference in that way. So Joe and Megan, thank you so much for spending time with me this evening. Thank
2: you.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, I would say to any, um, to any family that is um, is considering this or or wants to talk more about our experience. I mean, you're welcome to look us up on social media. I'd be glad to talk to any men mm-hmm. who, um, and I do not have all the answers, don't pretend to, and I know Meg would fit into the same box for, for ladies, talk. but anybody who wants to talk more, feel free to reach out to us, we'd be glad to, uh, to talk.
0: Well, and I can help make that connection too. So if you would like to, to talk to them, let me know if you can't find them and I, I know how to run them down. So uh, I'm also, I'll also make some, or drop some links in, in the resources below so that you can find Jonah's journey. I uh, will see if there is maybe a laundry list of Christian uh, foster care agencies. I know Miracle Hill does a lot in our market. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can find as far as resources to get you on your way. But thank you so much. This has been, this has been a challenge. This has been a blessing. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. So Joe and Megan, have a great evening and we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently. And we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.